Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to We Gotta Talk. I'm so glad you're here. This week's guest is an entrepreneur, a mother, and the ultimate connector. You know those people who just bring great people together? She is one of them. Megan Harper is the president of community at Show Up Authentic, which is a social media marketing agency that, full disclosure, I am working with and love. But she's actually someone I've been following on social for years well before we worked together, which makes this interview even cooler. Megan's professional background is extensive. She's worked in PR and marketing, and her work has appeared in BuzzFeed, Parents, Pure Wow, Forbes, and more. And today she helps people make their brands more identifiable online in her company, Show Up Authentic. As a mom of three young kids, we talk about what it's like to raise a family in a big city. They lived in New York City for quite some time before moving down to the South. What it's like to have an unexpected pregnancy raise your hand if you relate, uh, moving from the north to the south, her love for Battlestar Galactica, and some work stuff too that I think the entrepreneurs out there will enjoy. Things like what authentic means these days on social, why some people tend to hit really well and others don't, and how to really nail your brand identity online. And more than just work talk, Megan is just one of those girls that feels like a girlfriend, feels like a friend you just want to sit down and have a coffee with. She is fully uh, authentic and open herself with her own story, and she was just so generous in sharing not only some business tidbits, but also some stories from her life. And um, I'm so grateful I got to spend time with her. When we set this up, there's so many parts of your you know, sort of online imprint that I want to talk about. And and we connected professionally, but you have been someone that I followed personally before I started working with you in the capacity, just because I feel like you guys, even living in the city, like had a colorful, fun life. And it was really cool to sort of watch through social. But when I visit yeah. New York, I am always asking, like, what does it really feel like to raise young kids in that city? And is it a constant battle or like, do you get used to it pretty quickly? And like, where yes. does the stroller go? And like, how do you grocery shop? Like these practical things. So funny enough. So I think raising kids in New York is as hard as you make it. Um, mm -hmm. We are, you know, we, we are not, we, we were an upper middle class family. My husband and I both work full time. I worked in startups. He ran his own financial controller services for restaurants. Um, we were both gone a lot. Um, but, you know, raising kids in New York, we had three under five, which is not normal. Um, that rarely happens in New York. We had, um, you know, three pretty close together. But I like it now because they're really close and like best friends. But raising kids in New York was really hard. And they had, we basically, we gave, when the third one came along, my husband and I gave them the master bedroom and we took the baby room. Stop it. Wait, so, how all three of them were in one room? Yeah. I mean, the baby slept with that. There's a lot of co-sleeping in New York. These, the moms that like actually co that, um, you know, sleep train, I was always worried we we're going to wake up our neighbors. Like, because yeah, I was just people, lazy. So at least I, you have an excuse. <laughs> and honestly, like it was so much easier, especially when I had a four to a newborn to just throw her on the boob in our bed. So the baby slept in our room most nights and mm -hmm. then the toddler in their room because they needed more floor space for all their toys. Um, we yeah. gave them the bigger bedroom. So they have like a pretty large, like big bedroom and playroom that was a large, like master size bedroom. So all three of them were in there. And then my husband and I were, could basically touch both walls if we wanted Stop. to. Stop. What size was your bed? We had a queen. We didn't have a queen. First thing I bought when we moved here was a California king. First thing. <laughs> Wait, I'm dying. Okay. So when you're in that spot and like, I, I don't mean to make it sound like, you know, like make a freak show out of it, but like it really to like us suburbanites, it really is. It's like a matter of a question of practicality. Like I just have to understand. So like, where did the clothes go? Like, did you have a dresser or a closet or and we talked about like moving seasonal items into storage, but like, how, how does that work? Are you like stepping all over each other or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were stepping all over each other. And we had, um, we actually, so we were in um, Sunnyside, Queens. We had a decent sized apartment. Um, we had a one bedroom that we made shift into a two bedroom because it was plenty mm -hmm. of room. And we, you know, we moved there when our son was one years old and it was perfect for a family of three. Mm -hmm. um, then Gigi came along and it was okay for a family of four. And then when the baby got there, 
it was nuts. It was way too small. It was way too small for all of us to be like kind of coexisting in that space. Were they all planned? I mean, not to get personal. You don't have to answer that, but were they planned or was it was that third one a surprise baby? Surprise! <laughs> um, uh, I actually found out on Mother's Day. Um, my husband and I, we had a really great, um, we go to the Hamptons every year for Mother's Day because it was like right when the weather was getting nice. So my mm -hmm. husband and I, we'd always go out to the Hamptons and um, it, for a day trip, we'd drive out there for the day. We'd do some stuff the kids like to do. We'd go to a couple of our favorite restaurants, go play on the beach and just kind of like, oh, spring is here type feeling. Mm -hmm. um, but that particular weekend, it was storming really bad. And my husband's like, I'm not, I'm, we're not going to go out there. There's nothing to do. And I was like, okay, that's fine. One of his clients was a um, Scottish bar in the West village. He's like, let's go there for brunch. You know, you'll have a nice day. We'll do a little shopping. Then we'll just come home and relax. Well, I had like three Aperol spritz on mother's day as one does. Um, and you know, I have a funny picture of the kids playing on the iPhone and me sipping my Aperol spritz for mother's day. And it was kind of a, a joke. And then we got home and, um, the hall closet wasn't unorganized, but I started organizing it and I took everything out and started organizing everything in there. And my hug my husband looks at me, he goes, Pregan's back. Pregan <gasps> is when I'm pregnant. Megan, um, Pregan. <laughs> Pregan nests, but she nests like a crazy person. And that's like my first tell sign. Like he's in the, he can hear me. He goes, she nests hard. Oh my God. Um, I nest and I'm like everything, like even our like spices are organized by like different types. Like I'm, I get kind of psycho about it. Um, so my husband's like, Pregnant's back. And I was like, no way. He goes and gets a pregnancy test. And sure enough, it pops up pregnant. It pops up pregnant. He goes and gets some more. It pops up pregnant again. He goes and gets some more. Keeps going pregnant. And so I found out I was pregnant with our third on Mother's Day. Oh my God. I mean, what's it like? I hate to ask this because we have a, we have a surprise baby too. And I feel like, you know, like she could listen to all the stuff that I say, like have some serious problems in therapy, but like, you know, it is a good surprise, but were you like, did you have the reaction of like sick to your stomach? What are we going to do? Which is very typical. Or were you like, okay, you know what? We're going to figure this so, out. I don't know if you know much about my career or not, but I was uh, working in a restaurant. At, I was, um, I got pregnant with my son when I was 26 years old, which is very young for a New Yorker. Oh, yeah. um, I basically was, um, people thought I was a nanny while I was breastfeeding him. I'm like, he's sucking on my boob guys. Um, <laughs> this one belongs to me. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I was 26. I had him at 27, which is really not normal for New York city. Um, and it's really, you know, that's like a young age to have a kid in general. I feel like I look back, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Like I had all my kids before I was 31, but, um, it was wow. a lot. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot, but I think like my career really took off after my second daughter was born. Um, I really switched over from working in events and, um, marketing for restaurants really and way more of like, I was bartending right when I got pregnant with my son and also doing the wine list for a couple of restaurants. And, um, I was working as like a trained sommelier. I was doing like French and Italian restaurants. I really worked those crazy hours and I did that for a year after my son was born. And then, um, when, the second came along, I just was a stay at home mom for like six months and I can't sit still. And so that's kind of when girl gone child was born. And I started just taking the kids around the city and doing stuff and like having fun. And then I kind of, you know, woke up one morning and had a really large following because parents had asked me to do uh, the, the mamalier stuff on parents.com. So I kind of blew up when I was being a stay at home mom, just doing odd jobs, working for parents.com and, you know, writing about funny things like what what wine pairs with um you know goldfish crackers or you know i really recommend the cabernet uh, uh, cab sob if you're going if you're eating the crust of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich um, so we launched target wines with we launched uh, target we launched their wines around then and we actually launched target wines um at parents with uh, the video content and you know i that's when my career took off went to go work at jet black um which was a startup by the Rent the Runway Girls. Mm -hmm. And I you know, went from working crazy hours to being a stay-at-home mom to literally working in a startup, being like the fifth or sixth person hired and getting my feet wet. And I was like, okay, all right, I like this. I like this hustle vibe. I liked it a lot. So um, my career really, really started taking off around then. And then um, I found out I was pregnant with my third when I was working in startups. And it was kind of a shock to the system from being um, – you know, having kind of a good rhythm and being, you know, ready. To, I, I, I was a little bit, you know, I, what was this going to do to my career? Mm -hmm. 
considering that I work in the baby kid space, it did not hurt my career. And, you know, if you do work in the baby kid space, like maternity leave and mother's well-being and mm-hmm. child's well-being, like you have to prioritize that, especially for your employees. So I got a lovely six-month maternity leave that I split up. Um, six months paid. This was with Walmart. Uh, Jet Black was a Walmart-based startup. Um, and that's really my career started taking off. Got a six month pay leave while I was at home. I took three months off, went back, uh, did a big event and worked with a bunch of influencers for the, the getting ready for your Hamptons house for the summer. Did this crazy cool pop up down in Soho. Um, you know, I had a baby strapped to me half the time I was doing that because my, she wouldn't take a bottle. She would only nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I had a baby suck on my boob, most, mostly through all these launches and doing these events and, that's you know, awesome. And wrangling two toddlers and people were like, are you okay? I'm like, sure. <laughs> like, this sure is- I mean, there's like no other option. There's no I mean, other option. People are like, what are you, are you going to nurse her for me? No, step out of the way. <laughs> it was really kind of, it was really, kinda, you know, wild. And then, you know, I took that summer off. And while I was off that summer, I took all summer off to be off with all three kids and kind of like be with them that summer. Um, and that's when I got, um, I got poached to go work at Tiny Beans as the head of brand because they were about to acquire Red Tricycle and they needed kind of someone in the parenting space to really mm-hmm. help scale their, sorry, my I hate my hair right now, um, help scare, scale their like parenting space. So I was working at Tiny Beans for a while um, during the pandemic as well. And then we, while I was at Tiny Beans, we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina because one day we woke up and we're like, we can't do this anymore. We spent a year in an apartment with three kids, two working parents, mm-hmm. um, lots of trauma, lots of death around us. And it was pretty dark time uh, mm-hmm. being in New York City, especially being in Queens. Um, we were on the same like street shot to uh, Elmhurst, which was the worst hospital hit in the U.S. We were in the like the epicenter of the epicenter we were in. And the kids were, you know, during the day, my husband and I were trying to work. And then the kids would be up all night because of the sirens. And then... Mm-hmm. It was really kind of wild, but that's how I ended up in Charlotte. I mean, and you went from a city that, especially during the pandemic, where everything got politicized even more deeply. You went from a city that was not only the epicenter of the virus itself, but that was also reacting drastically differently to the virus than anywhere in the South. And I can say that being in Florida, knowing that when I visited during the pandemic anywhere up north, that not only were the protocols different, at least than in Florida, but also the general attitude toward people, the level of tension in the air, the level of anxiety, like it was just, it's two different worlds. I always joke in Florida, we didn't have the same pandemic. Yeah. And that's not, I'm not being flip. And I, I recognize the gravity of what many people went through. But the reality is the way that different states responded was so drastically different. So what was that like, too? You were literally changing worlds in a lot of ways, not just personally, but because of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, one day, one day it was, you know, early March of um, uh, 2020. It was early March. And, like, we were all, you know, we had a big event at Showfields, which is, like, the most interesting place mm-hmm. to shop in the world. You know, everyone's starting to freak out about the pandemic. I went to an event at The Wonder that week with my kids. We went to Showfields. We were doing this big pop-up at Showfields with, um, we actually were jam when Jamie was there. Um, uh, Jenny Monez, we were doing this crazy cool pop-up in the penthouse. And like the next day, so this was on Sunday, on I think Tuesday, the world shut down in New York. And we, you know, we had a meeting with our core team and, you know, everyone was laughing at me because I took my um, my large computer screen home with me on the subway. Mm. And then like like the guy was like laughing at me on the subway. And I'm like, who's laughing now? Because now I have a <laughs> that I can work with. Who can work remotely now, bitch? Laughing at me. I was like, oh, now it's funny. Now I'm like, I'd like to talk to him six months later. And then he's like wishing he would have taken that screen because we got kind of stuck. You couldn't take the subway. You wouldn't get in the car with any. We had our own car, thank God. Mm. Um, and, you know, sometimes... I would just pile, you know, my daughter loves Lizzo because I would just pile her in the car and we'd drive around the city at night listening to Lizzo. Um, Cause that was like the only thing we could do yeah. that we could get out. You know, our friends would, we were on the first floor of a walk up in New York and our friends would walk by and like throw things at our window and peek out the window. And that was our social life. And my husband calls me an excited extrovert. I was literally hanging out the window daily being like someone that doesn't live here. Talk to me, please. Um, um, I'm not, like, it was pretty bad. But yeah, I, New York, I mean, we, it was, uh, I was, you know, I'm living in Charlotte now and the, my mom got sick in October of 2020 and we came down here to help take care of her and help my dad out. Um, but, you know, even going from there to here, like the masks not wearing, like we were very, you know, I think New York could have been a lot worse, but people were really respectful. And I think it's because it was so much death around us and we actually saw what was happening and we, yeah. we lost, you know, friends, we lost 
friends of their parents. And like, it was, it hit home in so many different ways that I don't think it really did in the rest of the country. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people also died, but not in the numbers. And the one thing they don't talk about in the pandemic is um, the furniture on the sidewalks. Um, because a lot of people were dying and they were clearing out all these apartments. There was so much furniture just walking around. Like you would be walking down the street and there would be like just droves of furniture before trash day. And it was really, I have never heard anyone talk about this, but that is like the one memory that I keep from the pandemic that I cannot get out of my head was all the dead people's furniture. And I know that sounds dark and weird, but like, that is something that I like, will be engraved in me and give trauma for years. Yeah. Their lives literally being pulled from their homes. Yeah. And the remnants of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there was a lot of divorces and separations happening at times. People were looking to move apartments. So because they were spending so much time locked in generally smaller spaces, I mean, I know that happened everywhere, but like we talked about the space factor probably plays a role in that too. Yeah. So death to us part and work from home for the rest of your life together. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's wild. Do you like, do you feel like your relationship got stronger or where do you think you fell on that spectrum? Ooh, I think we I think we went, I don't know. I think, um, you know, I think because we had three kids, we had no choice but to um, mm-hmm. rally together and be a unit to not scare the crap out of the kids. But like, we were scared. So they, like, we tried our best not to, um, not to really, um, I, we didn't want it to affect the children. So I think we had to like form as a unit, but um, my husband was working. I was working. It was really hard. And yeah. uh, we, and we had just acquired a company a month before. So merging, we were, uh, Tiny Beans had acquired Red Tricycle, which is the editorial team. So merging two companies together in the time of the pandemic was really wild. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, you had literally 10 balls in the air in, yeah, in, on top of the lot, pandemic. Yeah, I had a lot. Of, I mean, and um, yeah, I mean, thank God they had to go margaritas everywhere by the time summer hit. And my girl, and they have, they said the parks were locked up until July of 2020. You couldn't go to the park. You couldn't oh even like go God. to the playground. You couldn't go to the park. So my kids learned to skateboard because they would just skateboard. We'd go out skateboarding every day. See, um, I, I feel like we we cheated in Florida. Like I, I hear these stories of collective trauma. And in certain ways, we certainly felt that. But the access to the outdoors alone, the sunshine alone, like the psychological impact. Like I, I, I just, there's so much of this that. I hear and I'm like, oh my God, we just like, no, it's still, it's still, it's still in the back of me. Like I haven't fully processed it yet, but I will say when we moved down here and started getting out in the sunshine more and the kids didn't have to take vitamin D in a supplement, they could just go outside. (laughs) I was like, wow. Yeah. And what, how did you find the people in, you said you're in Charlotte now, right? And how do you find people in the South? How do I find people? I'm so a lot of the friends that I know around here are, um, I went to college with, or I grew up with. Okay. Okay. So, so you, you moved back to a place where you knew people already. Yeah, but we're all very different after, I mean, I spent 15 years in New York city. I moved up when I was 21, right out of college. I didn't even walk in graduation. I, um, I just, I got a job offer or job interview and I flew up to New York and I never came back. Oh, um, wow. So that was really kind of, um, the extent of that, but yeah, my, my, you know, we, we are in a neighborhood that's very family friendly, which is mm. cool. Lots of kids running around. I remember the first day we moved in, it was my son's uh, birthday. And it was like, he was like, he was turning six and poor kid didn't know a soul. And I felt really bad about that because he didn't know anyone. And, um, you know, he's like walking out on the front porch and these two kids walk by like, hey kid, you want to come play with us? And like, I burst into tears. I was like, oh my God. Awesome. We're gonna make friends. Because <laughs> I worried about them not having friends down here because they didn't really know anybody. And I was... Um, you know, we had already had COVID at this point. So I was trying to like, I was like, I knew we could get it again, but I also was being a little bit more like, go play with your friends outside, go play with your friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there's some, there's a, I, I, and I go to the gym every day and there's a big group of women that I work out with and I made friends through there and mm-hmm. that's been okay. But yeah, I've met some great people down here. I've met some not so great people down here. I was invited to Bible study and wine on a Tuesday at noon, which felt weird to me. Not really my, they got one part right, the day drinking, but they didn't get the, uh, yeah. The other part. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, that's an interesting, it's an interesting mix of activities. I, um, interesting mix on a Tuesday at noon when you have pick up at three o'clock activities. Yes. I, that is one thing. I feel like it, it, this is like no hate, no shade, but a Southern culture thing is like the Stanley cups and the Yeti mugs and the, like, everyone's got like a beverage, like not like a water bottle. It's like a, like a $60 insulated pastel pink, you know, it's just like, it's like 
always nearby. Is that in um, Florida too? Is that yes? Just, it's okay. so in Florida. So, it's Florida. I feel like Florida's like half south. It's like it's not fully a southern state, but it's got some of that happening. Yes, and you're in Orlando, so I think that's definitely much more so than like Miami. So when yes, we first, when we first moved down here, I was like shocked at the culture shock of fashion. Everyone was five years behind. And it was kind of like funny to me because like everyone had great, like I, did you ever watch Battlestar Galactica? No, I know of it. I know of it, but I've never watched it. Amazing sci-fi show. It's, it's really great. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite shows I've ever watched. Um, But in Battlestar Galactica, these, uh, they make Cylons. These Cylons are robots of human-like creatures that all look exactly alike. And oh no, Megan, we're going to have a lot of people hating us, but go ahead. (laughs) Um, So I noticed here every time we did anything with school activities or like things, all the moms were wearing the same yoga pants, the same uh, golden goose sneakers, the same water bottle, everything. And I was like, they're Cylons. They're Cylons. <laughs> what yoga pants were they? Just I want to clear my contact. They're all Lululemon. They're all Lululemon. Okay. Um, but it's very much the same culture thing. And there's no hate towards that. I just, I, you know, growing, you know, being in New York for so long, I think it was everyone really had their own identity and their style and no one really dressed alike. And I think, I, I really- I, yeah, I think there's something too. I don't know if it's like a warm weather state thing or I'm like, I don't know if people are just moving back to groups of people that they knew, but I do agree that there is like, um, there's like a sorority culture among women here that I, I don't notice as much in, in the Northern, like I, I I'm from, you know, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh. I've lived in New York for a time. My experience generally from zero to 28 was like people from like North of the Mason Dixon line. And I do think that, um, I do think women move a little differently in their social spaces there than they do here. And that's not a judgment call. Listen, I feel like there's like some real true warmth down here. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, but like, it's it's really uh, people are like how different could it be i'm like it can be really different like it i don't know how else to explain it but like the stuff you're the stuff you're saying like the tendency and i think this is a a general tendency but less so in big cities of women to sort of move in groups or to do uh, that's what i'm having what i sometimes have trouble understanding or embracing i just feel like a lone wolf like 98 percent of the time i'm like where does she belong? I, I'd be yeah, like, I, I definitely I feel like that. I'm, I'm kind of a, like a little bit of like a, a weirdo, I guess. I like punk rock music and, you know, um, I have tattoos and um, I have blonde hair and blue eyes and big boobs. And people think they like put me in this bucket and I'm not, I'm not that in that bucket here in the South. Like, people say weird mm-hmm. things if you have blonde hair in the South, like very, very, <laughs> like what? What do they say? Bless your heart. No, uh, no bless your heart. But like, I get like, I think uh, maybe the blonde hair, or I, yeah. I don't know. But I do. Um, people have talked politics to me that they assume yeah. that I'm in their corner, and I'm like, <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong person here. That's um, so funny how people just. I, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm guilty of it. I know I'm guilty of this too. Just making assumptions based, even to this yeah, day, I, how people I, like, you know. Yeah, but I do. I do. I there's a lot more individuality. Like a lot of my friends, um, especially in New York, are covered in cat tattoos. We go to punk rock shows at like midnight to start at midnight. We have kids, but we're like still who we are. Like we're still exactly who we were before we had kids. I don't think that changes you. I think it changes like what time you go to bed at night sometimes, and I think mm-hmm. it changes like it changes about like your core values and like making sure you're a good representation. And I think my kids make me a better person and hold me accountable from being a good example to them. But um. Mm-hmm. I'm still like a little wild child freak at heart. Um, I love that. I, very, <laughs> but like contradictory parts there. Yeah. 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 I definitely think of, but I, I, you know, I, I, but the South does have some really, I've met some really amazing people here and I've, you know, I'm grown out my friend group. We've been here almost two years now. Um, and it's been a lot. It's been, um, it's been lonely at first, but, mm-hmm. you know, coming back and seeing some of the friends that I went to college with and high school with yeah. and having them still be there is great. Yeah, that's nice. That that that's an advantage in in you know knowing people, people knowing your history. It's it's been a struggle for me. Like I I know people who listen to this are 
in town and I, I want to choose my words carefully because I've been, people have been very gracious with me. It's not that, but I would just, all, I, I, it's known that I'm not one of them. It's just always going to be known and that's okay. My kids will have a feeling of, of well, uh, you know, belonging because they grew up in one spot. Just like when I go home, I innately feel like I melt right into sort of like the, the world there better, but it is kind of like, oh, Okay. It's just like a forever. My husband is always like, you just have an outsider complex. And I, I might, I'm, I'm very well might, but I, I can feel the energy of a room and I can feel, and it just feels like I often find myself being like, okay, am I the problem? For, am I giving off a closed off energy or is it just always going to be, I didn't go to your college. I wasn't in your sorority. I, my kids, you know, I didn't grow up with you. I don't know your parents. Is that just how it's always going to be? And I, I don't know. Well, I'm 12 years in girl and I still don't know. I, like, yeah. We're two years in. I mean, I did not go, I wasn't in a sorority in college. Um, I chose not to, to do that. That was not kind of my thing even then. Um, but I did, you know, the president of like the biggest sorority on campus was my roommate because I didn't have uh, sorority houses because it was illegal in North Carolina at the time uh, in Wilmington. So, um, you know, so I was kind of like in that culture and like I still have friends that were in her sorority. One of my best friends who just shot my daughter um, with a Barbie collab um, in Charlotte, she I she was in my, my roommate's um sorority so it's kind of cool to you know still connect yeah. with people from college and it's funny we get together and like our kids are now all friends which is great so that that helps a lot I can't imagine moving to the city and not knowing anyone I would probably still not have any friends yeah I mean I, and listen I, I hope that didn't come across it is it's great if that's like what people do that's not right. but it, it, you know it's like moving as an adult I think that's why I had so many questions about integrating especially the time you did because it's it's a challenge, you know, and I feel like, you know, to be able to, to be able to share openly, okay, like this is how it was, or this is how it felt, or this is, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm always fascinated by that, like sociology and just the um, sort of hierarchy of like women's interaction. It's just very interesting to me, like from like a observational point of view, I just love watching how people. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people here, they find their community in the church mm -hmm. and for my family. Um, we're not religious. Um, and you know, I grew up in the church. My husband's father was a pastor before he passed away. Um, but my husband and I, you know, that's just not really how, you know, we raise mm -hmm. our kids a little bit different. And I think a lot of people do find community in the church here. They do find community, um, you know, volunteering for the PTA. I try, mm -hmm. I swear it's just maybe not, <laughs> um, I don't have time. I like, I try to like, I, I will give my money. I will give my things. But I think a lot of people really find um, that kind of community in the South through sorority, like through their mm -hmm. old sorority sisters or like they find it through the church. Right. Yeah. Know. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, for two. <laughs> yeah. I'm always like, you don't want me to be a room mom anyway, because the teachers would never have gifts. No hot, you know, holiday party would ever be observed. Like it would just, it would not, my greatest gift is my absence from volunteering. <laughs> Ask anyone who has ever done, I know professionally I'm on it, but, uh, and, and day to day with my kids, I'm on it, but like, ee, I don't I be responsible for anyone else. Someone, uh, so I, you know, what's funny is whenever I like, I become friends with someone, I never mention what I do for a living really, or like my Instagram, but it's always funny when like my kid's teacher finds my Instagram and I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, that is so funny. I mean, it's not bad. You're it's very charming. I feel like you there's nothing bad happening on your page. You're you're in the clear. Uh yeah, some, yeah, for the most part, for the most part, hopefully. Um, yeah, no, I do. It's always it's just funny to me. Like I never and I, I said one of my favorite things to do once people like find my Instagram or like find uh, the agency, like, what do you think I do for a living? <laughs> That's funny. Well, let's talk about let's talk about what you do for a living because like I think what you do. I mean, people like, will be like, Oh, social media, like hate it. I love it. I hate it. It's like the double-edged sword, but what you do every day, Megan with show up authentic is you guys, it's a challenge. Like the fact that you guys have built a business around helping people show up online as their most authentic versions and in turn growing their businesses is really hard. So I, I do want to dive into that because we have a lot of people listening. I'm sure who like want yeah, to be better so at social, but just can't, can't do it. Lindsay and I met at Jet Black um, when we were working for the Walmart startup. Um, I worked in, um, you know, I worked in merchandising and marketing. She worked in um, 
really onboarding all of our clients. So she was really client facing and really like hands-on getting everyone in. Um, she tried to get me to join the agency like four years ago. And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to go do this thing at Tiny Beans for a bit. Maybe, maybe. Um, and then I ended up, you know, a couple of years, we stayed in contact. Like our, our kids were friends. We were good friends. And like, we still always like talked. Um, she moved from Jersey city to Connecticut in the pandemic. I moved from Sunnyside, New York to, um, in Long Island city to Charlotte. You know, we kind of talked through that. And then, um, you know, I talked to her in November and I was like, all right, I'm like, I'm tired of working for one brand. Um, mm. It bores me. Like I want, like, there's more I can do here. There's more that I, there's like, I, I want to join the agency life. So I signed on with her in December and one of our, my big, you know, I'm president of community there. Um, I help with partnerships. I do events. I do like these really cool, crazy events that we work on and I do all the influencer marketing. So for mine, from, you know, I can help bring a brand to life through that while Lindsay is the organic content, literal master, like she can go and create any kind of amazing content there. And we've got a great team. Um, mostly moms are on our team. We do have a couple boys and we do have some non-moms, but mm -hmm. we're, um, you know, mainly a bunch of moms just out there doing what we do really well. And storytelling is our sweet spot, I think, and mm -hmm. showcasing um, what makes a brand special and how to get them out there. It is, um, you know, working at Authentic, we have a lot of clients from a lot of different areas. We normally focus in uh, women-owned businesses and, um, you know, in the parenting space. That's our kind of sweet spot that we know we, we do really well in. We, we, you know, we have a few restaurants here and there, which I love because lo I'm a foodie and I love food content. Um, but for the most part, and the guys that own the restaurant are two dads, so we're not too far out of our, you know, our space. But I think um, helping brands like grow organically there's no hack in social anymore. Like there is no, there's no hack. It's hard to grow out there and it's hard to like go viral. It's hard to, you know, get those followers. You know, I had a, I had a reel this weekend that hit over 10 K views. I saw 14 followers come in from it. That's you it. Know, that's it. Like it is hard to grow and it's hard to get a follow out there these days. It's really, it's really difficult for people to like look at something and want to follow. Um, you know, my Instagram really took off when stories was released. Um, mm. I have almost 4,000 views on my stories a day because people like to see the shit show. Yeah. And I don't do, you know, I don't, I, I show the good, the bad, like the funny, um, you know, what it's like working with three kids and working with my husband from a, from a house, <laughs> mm -hmm. like works from home. I work from home. You know, we have three kids and, you know, and when they get out of school at three o'clock for the most part, um, computers go off and we really focus on them, which I'm very grateful for um, to have that flexibility in my schedule. And that's the one thing I think COVID brought that was like nice is we do have the flexibility to be there for our kids. Like yeah. I will you know, take my girls to dance and then go sit at the coffee shop and finish up work for the day. And like, I like being hands-on in, in the city. I would leave, I would drop them off at daycare or preschool um, or school or with a nanny. And I would drop them off at seven forty-five, and I would hit the door at seven o'clock every day when I got home. Crazy. 12 and hours out. Yeah. Over all them except on the weekends and you know it's not it wasn't like the life I wanted to live now I actually I get to prioritize things that I like I want to be hands-on with them and take them to dance I want to take them to like you know rugby practice and things like that and see them and my husband you know now he's like you know helping out with the baseball team he's going on Sunday because he's being one of the rugby coaches he's getting trained to be a coach which we would not have had time for if we were still in New York because we work like crazy people yeah I've noticed there is a real shift in our generation and in this group of parents in general that's like raised children in the past 10 years or so that is making that conscious decision to like not step back from work because a lot of us have found ways to work it into our lives, but sort of recognizing that you can't have it all mentality to me, like an, as an eighties and nineties kid growing up when I thought career woman, I thought that always had to mean nine to 10 hours out of the house or, you know, even just a regular nine to five. And the fact that we get the benefit of being able to like scratch that itch and make money and do that without being gone. I'm just really grateful it, for it. It is, it is creativity is like, yeah. if you can get creative with your business, um, I think that is really like, you can create your business, you work, you, you make, and like a lot of people too, like they're not after like making the million dollars anymore. They're out, they're like, they want the, especially when their kids are young, they want that work life yes. balance now. They want to yes. like, be able to pay their bills, go mm -hmm. on a couple of like go on a vacation a year. Um, you know, like, it's not really like that is like kind of, I think our generation, is really like that's 
you know, I'm going to contradict myself because I'm going to bring up something in a second. But I think that that to me is like the gold star. I want to be around for my kids. I want to be there to take them to the pool in the afternoon. I want to pick them up from things like be really hands on that way. I get to mold them or like be a good example for them. And it's not, you know, a stranger constantly doing it. But I do I do think that you know, we are the first group of parents. How old are your, 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 your kids are slightly older than mine, but not. Yeah. Much, right? 10, eight and six. Oh yeah. Mine are not nine, just turned seven and four. Mm-hmm. And um, they're around the same age. And I think for us, like we are the, we are the parents that grew up in Instagram. Like mm-hmm. we are the first parents that like had kids and Instagram started and like seeing other people's lives and like comparing yourself online to other people's lives. And like, what has that done to us as parents? For the most part, I feel like um, it's made us like really realize what we want out of parenthood, but it, you know, there's also like jealousy that comes with that. And like all, all these other bits and pieces with parent, like, I think I, you know, you see people taking these amazing vacations and like they're, I'm get jealous sometimes, but I'm like, you know what I'm right now, I'm exactly doing what I love to do and being with my kids more. Yeah. But, you know, you're the first generation of moms to, to have to step in and see, you know, watch other people's lives unfold um, and it's not always what you see on Instagram. It's no, not- no, you're right. It's never. I was just looking at an aspirational, aspirational influencer today, and I, it made me gag. Like, I just we're done. Like, you know, I'm not in it, and I'm not. It's just that's my preference. When I consume content, I don't want to see your you know, pin lit shoe closet, you know, 3000 square foot shoe closet with glass box. Like I do think there's space for those people. That's just not what I'm consuming. And this is how, this is what fascinates me about what you do is because there is really a space for everybody to show up as authentically as they are online. And um, I think that the key is like figuring out who it is you, at your essence, you most want to show up. It's just, sure. I have a superficial side. I'm sitting in front of my nicely organized closet, but it's just not the bedrock of what I generally share. But I, you know, it's just, and I know that sounds super, no, 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 I know. But, you know, it, it is really hard to find that one way to define yourself online. And I think I still struggle with it. So what do you say to people who are like, listen, Megan, like I, I know that this is an important component of my personal brand or my business. I'm just not sure what version of me needs to like, be most present. In I mean, life. you hear, you hear all the time. We were like founder story, founder story, founder story. How did you get here? Why did you start this? What made you want to do this? Um, a lot of people show the good parts of it, but like, they mm-hmm. don't, show, they don't talk about the bad parts of how you got mm-hmm. there. Like what happened? Did you lose your job? Is that why you started your business? Like mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, people like to see the raw side of things Yeah, and you know, people are consuming, you know, people are consuming more on Instagram than they are on like actual television these days. Um, there's more people on TikTok and Instagram than they are anywhere else. Um, you know, if you were born in 1995, if you hear about a new brand, you're more likely to go to Instagram than you are Google to look into it. Wow. That's wild. So, I mean, who, who do you think, like, given all this, who nails it? Like, and that it can be in the aspirational sort of lifestyle space. It can be in the informational space. Like who really nails it when you go onto their page? Who nails it when I, when I go onto their page? I don't know anyone that really knows it. Mm. I don't yeah. know. who. We all need work. <laughs> um, you know, there's a fine line between there. There's a, you know, a fine line sometimes between, you know, showing the really aspirational side, but if you don't show the struggle of how you mm-hmm. get there sometimes, mm-hmm. um, you almost want to call bullshit. Yeah. Um, do you, can I hop in with a quick question? Do you think the era of the aspirational influencer is over? Yeah. Yes, dead. Dead. But uh, uh, it feels like there's a lot of people that maybe it's because they were sort of grandfathered in to that category. Does this still feel like there's a lot of that happening? Um, so one thing, I mean, I can give you data points on this from a brand yeah. perspective. Yes. So um, the aspiration, like the as- the, per- the pretty perfect uh, picture mom, she doesn't convert her brands. Really? The Convert meaning sell, like if she were to share a link or something. Correct. Now she might sell, she's has a blog and she's putting things on Pinterest and like, she's mm-hmm. got a huge following. It's all about building community. So like I have 19.5 thousand followers. I, the, you know, I put up a reel and I'll get like maybe 200 likes, but on my stories every day, I have 4,000 because I, if I like something, I, you know, I feel like 
people believe it if I actually go up and say something like, hey, this is cool. Like, this is yep. what I did. This is what I found. Like, I, I just think feel like I need to tell people about this. Mm-hmm. I did a thing the other day about cherry juice, putting kids to sleep over melatonin. And I was like, do you know that I do that now because of you? <laughs> it's so great. Like, I'm like, I highly recommend it. It's better for the kids. But I, oh, you know, I think, I, I think the shit show and like the authentic, authentic influencers, they, they seem to sell a lot more. Um, mainly because they, people can relate to them. And like, I think that people, people, you know, you can hate follow people all you want, but when you actually like follow people because you like them and you like their content and you think they're, they're good, you're more likely to, to fall in the picture. Perfect mom doesn't really sell anymore. Um, I, yeah. That was like the work. first era of influencer, right? Yeah. And I think TikTok changed that. Um, cause TikTok brought on reels. Um, you know, Instagram stories was a huge, you know, it was the first like big aha moment that changed mm-hmm. a lot, but then, you know, TikTok coming in and bringing this whole new platform of video content and video content is so great to consume, um, and bringing in reels and showing, you know, it's that you don't see the picture perfect life anymore. You mm-hmm. see the like real behind the scenes or like real content being made that Matt, like, I, I don't know, I don't really know how to describe it, but if the more authentic you show up, the more you show your personality, the good, the bad, the ugly, the great parts of it. Um, that's really where the conversion happens with influencers. So that's so he says, he's walking out the door right now to pick up our son from baseball camp. And he says it's relatable. Can you hear him? He said, People that have problems, that's what people identify with, and people that have problems with people that buy stuff to solve their problems. Yes. If you have an idyllic life, you don't have problems to solve. You're about to have a problem being late for <laughs> <laughs> You need to get that man on the roster. Get him on the payroll, Megan. That's good. Those are good observations. I actually never heard it described like that before. Like people don't people buy solutions to problems. If you have the perfect life, what problem is there to solve? What problem do you have to solve? Yeah, that's actually a really well put. That's really well put. So bravo to him. Like, <laughs> I do. You're I do. Influencing of, him. I do think a lot of the times when we first start working with a brand and they do want to do like an influencer campaign, um, one of the first things I ask is like, I need to see your back end. Who is buying your products? Like mm-hmm. who? Who? Because I need to go out and find an influencer that can, can kind of relate to the people that are already purchasing your products that can mm-hmm. speak to it in a very organic, authentic way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, yeah, I do think that the picture perfect and, you know, pictures are not killing it. You know, carousels are doing okay right now on Instagram, but it's really video content and, yeah. you know, podcasts really took off like, you know, podcast. And what was that app we used to use all the time in the oh. pandemic? We used to have like circle meetings or something. Uh, oh, 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 with the, the talky one that you would talk into it. Yes. What was it? Oh my God. It was such a hit. Mega, megaphone? Was it megaphone? No, am, I on, no, am I on glue? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Let me Google. App popular during pandemic. And we would meet on it. Remember? Yes. We would go on and we would all chat. Hold, please. I'm going to find Clubhouse. this. Out. Clubhouse. It was Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yes. Oh my God. Clubhouse. And we, used to have, we used to have Friday night bitch sessions. My best friend was, um, she was, uh, you know, head of content at parents.com. Mm-hmm. And um, our daughters actually had the same due date. And that's how hard I met. We were pregnant, having kids together. And um, her and I would go on and we would, and it was during the pandemic. And we would just invite everyone in to have, um, you know, happies and crappies of your week. Oh, um, yeah. And we were doing like the happies and crappies of our week. And it was literally just a bitch fest of parenting and no school being in and like having to do all the things from all the time. And, you know, it was a really, I love that app. I thought it was great for community, but the second we could, you know, see people in real life, it kind of. It's forever, forever going to associate it with the pandemic. Like it was, it was good while it lasted, but now I see that icon and I'm like, oh, dark. I actually thought was- TikTok might've been affected by the pandemic because it was released right when the, you know, it got big right when the pandemic took off. And yeah. like, I thought like TikTok might have a negative association with some people because TikTok yeah. got big right around March, 2020. Um, it was, it all happened around the same time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, so if you were to talk to someone like, you know, we always sort of cringe at the word influencer and anytime someone asks me what I do, I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm I hate not, like, do we, do we still hate that word? And, but, but also I want to sort of like show up and serve those people with some good advice. So if they're in that space, even if they're marketing for their company or their, their company brand, like what, what's a good, besides working with you guys or working with a company that does what you do, like what's a good starting point to make sure that we are showing up or our brand is showing up authentic. I really think, um, you start with your, like you start with your customers and you start with your staff. 
Those are your first brand, like brand awareness, people, word of mouth. Okay. Why influencers? I get really, I get very agitated and people are like, oh, I, I hate, uh, I don't like influence, like the influencer marketing space. People get upset by it or they get like, it's a hot topic for some people. Mm-hmm. And they like, oh, I worked with influencers that didn't work. Well, it's because you're doing it wrong. And you don't, yeah. you don't, like you don't understand your customers or you don't understand the talking points that needs to go out um, for your brand. But I think, um, you know, it really is a, it bothers me when people talk about not liking influencers. It's like, well, you follow them, don't you? Yeah, and you your content And you're watching what they do. And the thing is, is like influencers are just, it's just word of mouth from your friends being amplified. Um, that's all it is. Word of mouth is just takes on a whole new meaning when you can mm-hmm. do it over social and you can post up a story and, you know, 5,000 people see your story. It's word of mouth. Just think of it as a new tool for using word of mouth and building community. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a lot of brands, they're not working with the right influencers. And a lot of, you know, there are platforms you can go on for free and find out how good their community is. Do they buy their followers? Are they working? You know, did, you know, uh, you know, turns out bots don't convert. So if yeah. you're working with someone that you think they have 150K following and they've bought half of those followers, it's not really no, you know, bots don't buy anything, which so, is weird that people care enough to do that. It's one thing if bots just happened. Like I, I see accounts that I'm like, sure are not real people or they're just some random name, but it's weird to me, the people that seek that out and like, what, what, what itch is that scratching that you're buying 10,000? Um, it's I mean, just very strange to me because it's not yeah. doing anything. I, honestly, they, they do it and they get, they start getting brand, uh, brand sponsorships. They started getting free trips. They start getting free products. Um, they have a lot of motivation to do it. I don't, you know, it's, but don't they it, check that stuff? Don't brands, aren't they able to check the health of their page before that? Or don't they care? Um, a lot of people don't know any better. They see that someone has 150 K following or 200 K following or half a million following, and they don't check, you know, what it looks like. I mean, red flag for me, if they're, you know, they get like, 200 like they get like 2000 likes on a post and like no comments that's like a red flag for me um so they have different bots out there that can do different things they can like the post they can have bots follow your account that'll up your follower account um but i think like being involved talking about like topics people want to hear about um really engaging commenting back um and you know really going in and like if someone comments on something that you're posting, go respond to them, you know, follow if they uh, say something in your Instagram stories, like follow up with them, like really engage your community. And once you kind of engage your community, like they'll tell their friends, oh, I follow, follow this account. I follow this person. It's great. You should follow it. It's got great advice. And, you know, having content pillars for brands that aren't just showcasing how great your brand is, but like giving value to people is really important. Um, I know like for newsletters and things like that, think of it you know, like you wouldn't just talk about yourself in a newsletter, you might put a cell in there or do something like that. But like normally a lot of times people are giving CTAs that gives them like kind of a little bit more or they, they get something out of it, especially when we're talking about services. Um, you know, CTA being call to action. Call to action, CTA, yeah, like the CTA. But um, responding, back, responding back to your followers is really important as well as just building that community and that trust with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of, I'm sure I have hate followers, that's fine. Um, I, I know I do because someone accidentally sent me a shit message that they meant, they meant to forward my story to talk shit about me to another person. And they wrote it to me. And I know I knew this person like in personal circles and I, that was great. That was a really fucking crowning moment in my career, Megan. I, I wrote back, like, LOL I mean, question mark. And I knew she never liked me. It's fine. It is what it is. But I, I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, who cares? And a lot of, a lot of the times, like for the aspiring, like influencers, like the thing that helps you grow, you just can't give a shit. Like yeah. I didn't even care if my ex-boyfriend from college's wife hate follows me and makes fun of me behind my back. I don't care. <laughs> and I just don't care. And like a lot of like showing up and like just getting on, like being active, Instagram, TikTok, they reward you for doing it daily, for getting on your stories, for talking more. Um, you know, just if they have a new app, if, like one of the biggest things, like anytime that Instagram releases a new feature, hop on that feature mm-hmm. and do whatever that it's doing. Like they just released, um, now it's like MySpace. You can put the actual like music behind your, um, your stories. So if you go into messenger and you see like people have like little, um, tabs, like, Hey, I'm doing this today, or I'm doing this today. Now there's music features. Now, if you're starting to use features when Instagram rolls them out, 
and you use them quickly, um, they reward you for that. And they like bump you up. You'll start getting more views and you'll start getting more people in that might, might not have been seeing your content if they weren't searching for it. Interesting. Okay. So we need to hop on the trends right away. Even if we don't feel like we're doing it perfect, just get on it. Who cares? Yeah. Um, okay. One more quick question about social media. And then I want to round things off with, we talk a lot of beauty on the podcast. So can you sh- share, just start, start thinking about your favorite beauty products, wellness yes. things. Um, but one more final question about social media. Do we have to do TikTok? <laughs> so I find it hard to go viral on Instagram. Um, I find it very hard to go viral on Instagram. It is not so hard to go viral on TikTok. Uh, and it's the 10th time I've heard this and I just I have not pulled the trigger, but uh, maybe I should be adding that to my account. <laughs> you should. So TikTok has virality and I mean, it's a different audience really. Yeah. Um, TikTok is a different audience that you're hitting. I have like 10K on TikTok, but like they're not the same people that follow me on Instagram. And you know, my, my TikTok handle is don't tell anyone on IG how awful I am. Cause like my content on TikTok is more like a little bit raunchy and raw because my grandmother doesn't look at it. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think TikTok has, has, it's easier to go viral right now on TikTok. Yeah. Will it be that way? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I hope not. I don't think so. Will TikTok maybe disappear one day and we wake up? I don't know. Um, you know, I, that's one thing I worry about TikTok that one day we're going to wake up and they just, you're not allowed to use it anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's I, happening in some States, isn't it? Yeah. It's already happening. I think it's, um, what, which one was it? Montana? Yeah. I think it was Montana. So yeah, um, Montana's been TikTok and I, you know, I don't know I so. what yeah. other states will be doing it as well. Um, or if it'll even be a national thing, but, um, if you want virality, talk about, you know, TikTok is where you go viral. Yeah. I, I keep hearing that that's like, uh, our way to grow, and especially TikTok- for a podcast too. Like you find new ears there. And I, I really, I keep meaning to, but there's some mental block I have about that app. I don't know what it is. Um, I actually watch TikTok more than I watch Instagram. Really? But I watch weird things. I don't watch the same content. I do not consume the same content on TikTok that I do Instagram. On TikTok, I consume weird Japanese appliances. <laughs> <laughs> just, just go just go look at it. Uh, you know, I, I definitely watch different. And uh, I watch a lot of agency stuff on TikTok. I watch what other agencies are doing, especially that young, t- uh, that young generation that's like 10 years younger than me. And like, they're like killing the content on TikTok. I'm always watching to see what they're up to. That's, um, why, I'm, that's why I'm not doing great is because I'm not keeping up with the trends like that. I need to stalk the 25 year olds. It's just, I, you know, I do, I do tell um, anyone that's trying to grow is like, you have to hop on the trends. And, you know, I love a good planned out content calendar that needs to happen, but you need to like leave room in that content calendar to hop on trends. Right now, I'm about to do mm-hmm. trends Tuesdays after this, which we do every week at Authentic, where I talk about the trending sounds or like anything that's mm-hmm. going, uh, is popping off on Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kourtney Kardashian, there's a carousel post where she's saying, tra- like, that's all over yeah. Instagram today. Hop on that trend. <laughs> You know what? I screenshotted that for that reason. I'm going to find my phone when we, when we're done here and I'm going to, I'm going to put up a Courtney post. That is exactly what you should do because it's funny and like hopping on those trends are, they're big. I mean, there was white Lotus a couple months ago. Everyone was doing the white Lotus. Uh They're funny. And like, I want to see what other people are coming up with and those trends do really well. So if you see a trend that's working well, um, hop on that quickly and hop on the sounds, the sounds, any kind of the trending music is like trending audios are really I hate it because a lot of the times these influencers are out there recreating the same damn content that someone else thought was funny. No, I hate it. And, and I'm like, well, you know that I saw that on like two weeks ago on someone else's, you know, this shameless people who just steal each other's shit. I don't think, like, I think, I, I think that's gonna, I don't think that's got, that's gonna last much longer. I hope it's not gonna last much longer because it really does a disservice. Like mm-hmm. it's not your original content or your idea, but like you can do the sound, you can do that audio but make it yours. Do not copycat someone. It makes, it feels gross. It just like you're taking someone's creativity and then, uh, you know, maybe that person went viral or maybe it's the person that copycatted someone went viral. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like there's bad juju there. We need to do it on your own people. There's okay. bad juju. Yeah, we don't want bad juju. No bad juju. Um, okay, let's round things off with some of your favorite beauty products. Give us the three products that you're reaching for. They could be hair care, skin care. It could be like a device or a tool or even a routine you like. Okay. Um, hair. Uh, yeah. you've, got hair. you've got red hair, by the way. Okay, hair. Thank you so much. It's very hot under here. Um, I have to have people pull it sometimes because it's not uh, extensions. 
because people are like, oh, I like your extensions. I'm like, it's my hair. Um, <laughs> but um, Super Zero, I just got there. I just got their new. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this. It's kind of new. Um, I believe yeah. Wonder Beauty might be behind it. I love their makeup. But um, it's a new uh, shampoo and conditioner bar. And it's better for the environment. There's no plastic. You basically, and it gets in, gets in your roots and gets your hair really clean. It's called Super Zero. Uh, you can take a little quiz online. And it can tell you which one fits you the best. Um, another product that I love, which is an app, is called uh, L-U... I'm gonna Lovely. Lovely. L-U-V-L-Y. Yes, it, the facial massage app. <laughs> dude, I swear by this thing. I'm almost 40. Oh, I'm, th- I'm 38 in a couple of weeks. And like, I'm like, I'm like finding that, like, I feel like I haven't, du- I haven't like jumped into the Botox circle yet. I've d- I did it once and I did not, it did not do wonders for me. It made me puffy. And like, I've been scared to go back, but like this app, I swear it's like natural Botox. Like I, I do it, but it also is, it's meditation. This is the thing mm-hmm. I was telling my husband the other day. I put my phone down literally mm-hmm. for, I put my phone down for, you know, 10 minutes and do this face app and I don't do anything else, but like literally massage my face and I leave there feeling like, ah, oh, that's so the lady's voice cracks me up. There's something about it. That's very like yes. jilted and like stilted sometimes. And I'm like, yes. but it's yes. really good. I agree. And everybody is saying, speaking of trends in the beauty world, that facial manipulation is going to, it is the next big thing and will be for some people replacing injectables and in that. So I need to get on that. These yes. jowls. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. And then, um, let's see, I don't have, I, I, you know, I like the TikTok mascaras. I, I get whatever mascara the TikTok tells me to buy. Okay. Um, just, just go in and type mascara into TikTok. There's people doing lots of different TikTok and most of it's drugstore TikTok. Ooh, we love that. We love, a, we um, love a drugstore moment. This one right now is hot. It's the Maybelline Sky High. Just oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. There was some drama with that. Remember the girl put them on on her eyelash extensions and didn't disclose that she was wearing like extensions sky high drama i think it was sky high like seven anyway yeah i I like i like trends like that and then um i'm also i'm still like on the uh you know korean beauty phase i love their stuff it's like the best moisturizer i think out there if you've never been to koreatown in new york city there's a really great face cream shop is what i call it i don't know what it's called um but there's a really great like you know it's all korean products i think they you know they make some of the best of the best um you know i that's how i that's when i first years ago is when i the gawashana gosh that's where i first saw that like 10 years ago before other people were using it was at the korean beauty spot so they're on to something and they the next of the next before it even comes comes to the u.s i feel like so like i'm always watching to see what's going on there Okay, I love it. K Beauty Trends. Megan, I love thank you. On the, I love that you're on the the lovely lovely. Lovely. I think that's I love what that thing. It's so relaxing. It is so relaxing. I set it up in my closet and I do it after I put the kids to bed. And and I, I've been remiss on it lately, but um I paid for a subscription, so my ass is gonna be back on there tonight. So you've inspired me to get back on. Get back on there. I highly recommend it. And then I just like I make sure you like sleepy too. I love it. I love it. So tell us, Megan, where to find you connecting with you, your individual page, as well as show up authentic. Yeah. So I run Girl Gone Child. Um, I was a big party girl in New York City in my early 20s before I got pregnant. And um, so it's like Girls Gone Wild, but Girl Gone Child. Um, So yeah, that's where Girl Gone Child comes from. I've been running that account for God, like seven years now Um, and kind of like showcasing the shit show of parenthood. Um, if you ever, you know, want to feel like you're a good parent, just come follow me. Um, we don't do, we don't do gentle parenting there. We do, um, hard parenting, but, um, hard parenting. It's, that's my, that's my, my, my parenting trend. That's awesome. here. And then, uh, show up authentic. Uh, I'm president of community. Uh, Lindsay Donnelly is our CEO and founder, and she's a very good friend of mine. And I absolutely love working her with her. It is kind of great that after all these years, we're still working together um and just you know making cool shit happen for other brands and like we really believe in like the mission of women-owned businesses and women carving their own path and you know we love what we do because we get to work with these badass female founders and you know just do cool shit all the time Uh, and i really i i love i love our job we're actually um we have a new event coming out in the hamptons um you should come we're doing you know one of my biggest things bringing to authentic is 
I can't take any more of these damn parenting panels about self-care. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to go to them. I don't, I don't get any value out of them, maybe a swag bag. Um, but after the pandemic, like what I really wanted was like, I wanted events that you could go to with your family and kids and your husband. And you mm -hmm. guys all go as a family and you have a good day. We've mm -hmm. done one in Miami. We've done two in New York. Our next stop is in the Hamptons in August. And they are a fun family day. With We bring in really cool brands. We do brand launches there. Uh, we shoot content for brands. And, you know, parents get to come out. Even dads have, have fun. Like mini bar is sponsored the bar. You can come in and get a drink. Your kids can listen to live music. They can go play in the bouncy house. Um, it's just a really great um you know, day out. And I think that's where parenting events should be heading is like fun for everyone, not just like the mom's day out of, you know, listening to a panel. If you can draw the dads in, you've done your job well. I, you know what? I, you know, you know, Patrice, um, do you follow Patrice? Patrice Poulter? I love her. Yes. So she's a good friend of mine. Our, our oldest boys were good friends too. Um, her husband actually, you know, it was the day that in, in December we had the, or it was it December? Yeah. We, in December, we had a big event and it was the day that England was playing, um, uh, in the world cup. And her husband was like, I didn't even realize what time it was. This was so much fun. And like, he, as he ran out the bar, he was like, this is cool. I like this. That's awesome. You kept him away from his game. I love it. I kept him away from his game. And I was like, that's the biggest compliment I got out of the day is that he was having so much fun here with his kids and family. He didn't realize that he was a little bit late. Give me his bros at the bar. I love it. Oh my gosh. I could use that during the football season. So plan a yeah. few, plan a few in September. Keep the husband yeah, uh, one's in August, and then we're back in uh, New York in the White Hotel for December for another holiday event. Awesome. Make it, thank you so much for spending time with me and talking through like your personal story and your page, as well as like giving some free advice. I really appreciate it. Yes, I, I like this. These are fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow along on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S O N N I. A-B-A-T-T-A. -T -T -A. All of the latest blog posts are at wegotatalk.com slash blog. <laughs>